You are listening to the Freedom Fellowship audio podcast from Freedom Fellowship Church in Tontytown, Arkansas. Our mission is to love God, love others, and serve both. And now let's listen in to this week's sermon. Today looks a little bit different if this is your first time. Uh, Normally we have one person uh, preaching, but uh, today what we wanted to do was uh, we finished the book of Acts last week. And so what we're going to be doing starting now and then for the next six weeks is we are going to be doing a new series called From Scars to Freedom, like you can see uh, over my shoulder here. Uh, And real quick, Ben Walker is the one who did that graphic, so it looks really, really cool. So thank you, Ben, for that. Uh, Yeah. So uh, what we have done over the last uh, weeks and really months is we have been in prayer about where does the Lord want this congregation, our congregation, to go. After a lot of discussion, I mean a lot of discussion uh, with the three of us as well as with others and, and things like that, this is where we believe that the Lord is leading us. It is from scars to freedom. And so what we want you to do is for the next six weeks is really uh, commit to being here to be a part of this. And what we expect from this, our prayer is that this study will not just give you here, do these things and you're going to be good to go but really that we can give you things that will prompt you into the word of God for yourself to help pray and kind of get you to the next level. You've heard me uh, say this in the last week or two, if you've been here or even if you've opened up your email, but um, kind of the byline, if you will, to this study uh, kind of emanates from this phrase that uh, Louis Giglio, the author and speaker, said. He said this, he said, The enemy, we believe that, of course, to be Satan, the enemy wants to define you by your scars. Jesus wants to define you by his. Now, you'll see that over and over again, but I find that uh, after a fairly long life to be a very true statement. Scars come in really all kinds of varieties. I was thinking about that, and I thought, you know, we have physical scars, and sometimes some of us might uh, be able to show off some scars we've got from various lacerations we've had in life. Perhaps it's a scar from surgery, or perhaps you've had a burn in your life, and, and it's left a mark on us. So we have these physical scars that show up. But we also have these emotional scars. The emotional scars, of course, are much harder to see But perhaps that's from a broken relationship or a strained relationship. But others might be the kind of uh, scars that come from abuse, perhaps, in your life. Or perhaps it's from addiction. And still others, perhaps we've lost a loved one. Or uh, maybe it's the absence of a parent where we've had, we just haven't had that healthy parent figure in our our growing up years. And those that leave their own set of uh, marks and scars. But sometimes, too, I think uh, each of us have, uh, we're, we're made uniquely. You know, in the last uh, couple of decades, we've seen uh, the DNA whole thing. If you watch any of the little the mystery shows, I'm amazed now how many things are solved by DNA. Why? Because DNA is unique. It's unique to that person. And so for each of us, our, our scars are unique. We're a unique being. Now... You may want to change that word a little bit because sometimes in life we say, well, I have baggage in my life. And, you know, a lot of us, we've got baggage. It's, it's, we've had a life of experience of 
Some, some of it maybe is good baggage. It's things that went very well, but we also have some things perhaps in our life where we, it didn't go so well. Maybe we did some pretty dumb stuff. But either way, you can choose to, to figure out how do I heal and how do I heal and become more whole and move on from that, or do I continue to carry that in life almost like this open wound and it just doesn't seem to heal. It just stays there and just kind of plagues me day after day and year after year. Well, see, the thing about scars, or you can call it baggage if you want to, but uh, they can be something that in life literally holds you hostage. And you understand what I'm talking about. There's things in life that can hold you hostage. You may, uh, you may have pain that's, that you still feel that is a result of that, of that, that, uh, that pain that came from uh, just the, the event, the circumstance, whatever it was. For some of us, we're going through life and we're, you know, we've kind of started that healing process, but yet we feel like we're almost disqualified from ministry because of what we went through. And you know, how, you know, how could I be in a position to help people? And some of us may do something different. Some of us may just decide, well, you know, I think what I'll do is I have this stuff in my life. I've got this baggage. I've got this pain. I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to put it in the closet, and then I'll just kind of close the door on it, and then I'm just going to ignore it. It's not, I'm just going to act like it's not there. But we know that that's not a healthy way to deal with those things. But see, it can be that the scars, your experiences they can also help actually qualify you for ministry. And sometimes we don't think about that. But there's an old saying, you know, that God never wastes a hurt. Well, I believe that because what happens is that, that if, we have, if we have those hurts, they can be, be something that we can use in ministry. But then we can, even, we can even figure out that I can have more freedom in Christ if I just embrace those things and say, Father, I know where my strength comes from. I know where my freedom comes from, and my freedom's in Christ. We've got a short video here that we'd like to show you today that, uh, that talks to that. Say today that God's brought me out of addiction. God's brought me out of alcoholism. A lot of years of doing that, you know, and I just want to share that it's kind of like the song that we're all so familiar with, the, the chain breaker, you know. God has literally broke my chains. God's got me out of that life and you know you may say well what does that look like how did that happen you know I was I was tired of being sick and tired uh, for me personally I really had nothing to lose but when I started my process with God it was it was really giving my life giving my life over that I didn't want anymore you know I, and I'd done the wrong things so many times and I was just really sick of being sick and tired. My daughter, Abby, was taken from me because of, because of the way I was living. But God granted me, after 173 days of sobriety, custody of my daughter. And then to follow a beautiful wife, Jessica, that has raised that daughter and that has that daughter and brought a new daughter into my life. Now we also share a son together. You know, those are the little glimpses. Those are the things that God's done for me in my life. Not just sobriety and not just, uh, you know, um, um, daily living things like, you know, work. But those are all provided by God. He's given me that daily. But it's it's the glimpses like, like man, today I get to and I can be a father, a, a real father. Today I, I get to be a husband. Today I get to be a trustworthy family member in and out of the church. My chains are broken, you know. and. And for me personally, it's just, 
it's one it's it's one day at a time um, but it, it is it is giving giving myself over to him wholly the good thing is is he's always here he's always been with me he was there before I just didn't know it he's a good God and um, he set me free amen to that amen. that that is exactly what we're talking about Jesse's not ignoring his scars he's actually embracing them because that is part of his testimony that the Lord took me from here but here's where I'm at now and he's still just like everybody else has a whole lot further to go that's going to be kind of the the approach that we're taking with this sermon series is not ignoring our scars like Tom said we're not sticking them in a closet pretending they don't exist it's looking at them acknowledging yes we do have those how can I move past that are any of these scars hindering me from being where I want to be in Christ so that's the approach that we're taking with this and so what we're going to do these areas that we're going to be covering in these sermons these individual sermons in the coming weeks are going to help us kind of get over that that plateau or that that hump that that spot where we get to and we just can't seem to get past. So over the coming weeks, we're going to be covering things like grasping grace, really kind of understanding what God's grace is and kind of what that looks like in our lives. We're going to be talking about worthy worship. How do I, despite my scars, how do I get closer to the Lord in a worship, uh, worshipful way? Powerful prayer is going to be another one that we're covering. Selflessly serving, stimulating study, and finding fellowship. Each of those different categories, these are not going to be just another sermon on grace or worship or prayer. We're not taking that approach. It is going to be how do I get the rubber to the road? How do I get past where I am right now? So that's the approach that we're taking. And really, one of the, the scriptural basis, bases, oh, I'm sitting next to a teacher. I should probably know that. I'm married to one, too. How about that? Uh, but when we look at scripture, what, what exactly are we talking about? And I'm reminded of the parable of the soils, which we find out in, in three of the different gospels. It's where the sower went out to sow the seed, and it fell in four different places, on top of the ground or on top of the path, in the rocks, where the thorns are, and then it did a, it produced a really good crop. We like to think that we're all in the fourth category, where it's producing an abundance, all of that. But really that third category, when Jesus explained this to his disciples, what he was saying is you are producing crop in that third category. The difference is the thorns, the cares of this world are choking that out which means you are coming to church, you are praying, you are you know, doing all of these things that you're supposed to be doing, but you're not seeing a whole lot of fruit. That right there is exactly what this sermon series is going to tackle, is how do I keep the cares of this world from choking whatever crop that I do have from choking that out? So the parable of the soils, and I encourage you to go and, and read that, that will give you kind of a better understanding of what it is that we're doing and the approach that we're taking. If you would turn your Bibles to John chapter 15. And beginning in verse 1, we'll read that in just a moment. 
The, sa- the saddest legacy in life is when people who have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus fail to live for the purpose in which he saved us. We drift through life just like the unredeemed with the purpose of accumulating stuff, moving up in our careers, and seeking pleasure. Things that we think that will make us happy. If you don't think so, as you drove the church this morning, if you went through a neighborhood, then you see the evidences of that. People don't think worshiping God's important. It's time for them to take a day off. And there's nothing wrong with advancing in our careers. There's nothing wrong with having nice things. But if Christ is not at the center of our lives, those are are just physical things that have disappeared. We have to have a different approach on how we live our lives and how we think. And I'm one of those people who was career-oriented when I was young and and accomplished a whole lot in my career, but was not living God's purpose, so my family suffered because of that. So we fail to consider what God wants us to do. The teaching of Jesus in John 15, beginning in verse 1, when Jesus says, I'm the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't pr- produce fruit and he prunes the branches so that, that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You've already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers, and some branches, such branches are gathered to a pile to be burned. Of all the pictures that God used in the Bible to explain a relationship between himself and his people, the vine and the branch emphasizes complete dependence. The need for constant connection. The branch depends on the vine even more than a sheep depends on the shepherd. Because... When you look at a grapevine, and, and where we live had been an or, a grape vineyard, I should say. So I'm always fighting grapevines on the back on my fences. And there are grapevines that are this big around. The biggest is my arm. The main vine, the branches come off. But one thing I have found out, if I cut off a branch from that main vine, it will die. And it will wither. And what Jesus is telling us, the branch is completely dependent on the vine. And what we're doing in this series is to bring out messages on topics that help us get to that realization. I cannot exist without Jesus Christ. And Jesus has made a very important promise that I will remain with you. You need to remain with me. 
In verse 7, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Producing fruit. Since when you produce much fruit, you will be my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. It's not about me, it's about Him. And if every decision we make in life revolves about, around Christ as being the center of that decision, our lives radically change. Our decisions radically change because it's centered on Him. Producing fruit means that we are exhibiting the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Talked about in Galatians 5. All these things that we have painted up on these walls are the fruit of the Spirit. That is what comes forth from our lives when Christ is at the center of our life. And our first priority in life is our relationship with Christ. And our second priority is to love one another. And our third is to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. That's right. And that's what John 15 is teaching. Is Jesus made these important teachings. So as we move through these lessons, we're looking at what is our purpose as redeemed people. I think that um, one of the things that has been on my mind for a couple of months is really how do I, think, think about individually, you put it in your own uh, tense, but how do I live my very best life, okay? Now, there's another part of that phrase that I think is what helps you get there, but how do I live my very best life in Christ, okay? And, and what I believe, my firm belief is, in order for us to live our very, very best life, we need to figure out how do we live that in Christ? How do I do that? How do I live my very best life because you know the, the reality is if you just kind of look around even in this small group uh, we have different talents we have different abilities we've done different dumb stuff in our life we have a whole different set of experiences that that come with what we do but yet even though we're completely different we should have the same goal, and that is, how do I make the most out of the time I have here? Because this is the preparation, if you will, for going to eternity. If you're a believer, this is a preparation for going to eternity. Not by your works, but by living your best life, by being an influence, by how you might touch your family or your fellow man or how you might serve. But see, we, we have to come to understand that what it needs to happen and what we're trying to do in this study is to help us understand, how do I get true freedom in Christ? Because if I, can, if I can figure that out, if I can figure out how to move that way, then I'm also starting to have my best life here on planet Earth. This is what Romans uh, chapter 6, verse 18 says. And it says very succinctly, succinctly, short, brief, uh, understandable. It says, is, it says, so if the Son sets you free... If S-O-N, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Now, said another way, my way, if I will understand who Christ is, if I'll actually take Jesus in, if I'll understand how faith impacts my life, but if I can understand who Christ is, then... 
I can start to understand who I am, who I am in Christ. And what you'll find is if, if we, in fact, will do just what that Romans verse says, so if the Son sets you free, and he can, he sets you free through starting first, salvation, surrendering your life, then you will be free indeed. And then we can work on how do I build that best life. Now, one other thing I would challenge you with is that, the, and like Eric was talking about and what he had to say, the idea is not to establish and build your best life and then keep it a secret. That kind of, that's kind of, a, a, that's an opposing view to what Christianity is. Because Christianity is that, you know, he, he says, he said, I would that all people would be saved. That's his desire. It's God's desire that all people would be saved. And what we do is when we, when we decide that, you know, I'm not going to talk about this. I think this person could profit perhaps from this study or being a part of a congregation someplace. But we keep it a secret. It's kind of like the old song I mentioned the other day that, you know, hide it under a bushel, no, but some of us choose to do that. You know, we sit next to people all day long at work or that's in our neighborhood or at a PTA meeting that they wouldn't have one idea that we were faith people. And it's important that as we build our best life, we also understand that it's not supposed to be a secret. And, and what that does is that that translates to us as disciplers. So you may be thinking, okay, grace, worship, prayer, serving, study, fellowship. Okay, those are all great. I've heard many, many messages on those before. It may not be for you, but it may be for who you disciple. So I want you guys to, to kind of take that approach to this as well, is it may not be revelation, brand new groundbreaking things necessarily for you personally, but for your family members, which is our first line of, of ministry, but also coworkers, people you go to school with, neighbors, friends, things like that, that the things that we're gonna be talking about up here will translate to you to where you can share with someone else. So I know we're, we're kind of prone to selfishness. It's all about me, always has been, always will be kind of thing. But it's also about who can I disciple. So I encourage you over the next six weeks, be here for each of these. And we are going to have these uh, sermons available where you can easily share it through social media and things like that. Send them to your friends. Send them to you know family members and, and things like that. But we want you... Uh, to really kind of, again, we, we said it at the outset, to get, embrace those scars, but how do I get to true freedom in Christ? It's not something that I want to keep to myself. I want to share it with every single one of you, every single one of my family members, friends, and, and that sort of thing. As we met together to discuss this series, one of the, one of the points that was brought up was that how do we get from spiritual milk to spiritual meat. Well, in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18, Peter writes this, that we are to grow more in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Well, how do you do that? How do you grow in grace? How do you grow in knowledge? It's getting to the word. It's getting to things that directly impact our lives on a daily basis. Next week, we will be talking about grace and there there's a lot of 
messages you've heard on grace, but here is something that's very important. The more we become aware of God's grace in our lives, the more we will respond with thankfulness. And being thankful brings joy. No one problem people have right now is being unhappy. They're unhappy in a marriage. They're unhappy at their job. They're unhappy with their family situation. They're just unhappy. And how do you get through that unhappiness? You come to know Jesus Christ. And you come to know him in a very personal way. And we do, we become more aware of the grace is extended to us. That's just a precursor of what we're going to be talking about next Sunday. But I encur we encourage you to be here. And these will be on, if you're not able to be here, they're on podcasts, right? Yep. Yep. You can get on a podcast or uh, Facebook or one of these that you, are, are easier for you to choose. But grace, coming to an understanding of grace, revolutionized my life. And it was a Wednesday night that Susan and I were sitting in a Bible, a large Bible class, and the message was about, I am the vine, you are the branches. And that was the first time in my life that it hit me that I wasn't a branch. I'd cut myself off. But I encourage you to pray for this series, pray for us, and we pray that our congregation will come through this, have grown in our spiritual lives, that we grow from this and we're stronger. So let, let me piggyback on, on what it is that, that he said. He referenced Second Peter. I love it when Peter and Paul are on the exact same wavelength, and it's not because they were two pretty cool guys but because of the Holy Spirit of God. And I want you to listen. Uh, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Colossians chapter 1. This is one of those, it's, it, it is so succinct. I like that word that, that Tom used, succinct. When it comes to what it is that we want, that we desire for all of us as a church in regards to growth. Watch how Paul uh, puts this. This is Colossians 1.9. He says, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. But watch how he prays. And this, this is our prayer for, for us. Uh, and ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Verse 10. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. I love that. That's Amen. exactly, exactly what, what Coach mentioned that Peter was referencing. Here it is right here. That is our prayer for you. One of the uh, things, and I'll hand it back to Justin, but one of the things that's, that you can be praying for us about and we'll be trying to do is I think uh, 
the goal of doing this isn't to bring things to you at a 40,000 foot level, metaphorically. But what, it, what we're trying to do is to say, how do I, how do I actually, can, you know, it's kind of like a, a coach that's trying to teach a kid to bat. And, you know, they tell them, you know, a lot of preachers, I think, and we're dealing with this 40,000 foot level, the coach tells the kid to go up with the bat and, well, go up there and hit the ball. But they haven't spent any time trying to help them understand the level swing and how, and how I posture and those kind of things. And so what we're going to be trying to do in these weeks is, is to provide some, some really uh, useful and practical things that we help you, helps us to get to that freedom in Christ. And, and perhaps it's to uh, figure out how to deal with some of those open wounds that we still keep nursing that we need really to start to build on and use those hurts for ministry. Absolutely. So coach is going to close us in a word of prayer here in just a second, but I hope that that today kind of gives you an idea of where we're going to be going uh, to kind of cast that vision for you. That way, you know, over the next six weeks, here's what I want to do. I want to commit to this. I, I hope that you guys are excited about this. This is uh, something that, that was placed on our hearts. And, and really, I, I think that this is going to be kind of a, a game changer for this church that we're really uh, going to dig in and uh, kind of get our, our hands dirty with this. And there's, um, I didn't plan to do this, but if you guys have ever seen the Shawshank Redemption, uh, really, really good movie, uh, there's an old man, his name is Brooks, and he says, it's time to either get busy living or get busy dying. If you guys remember that from the movie, uh, that same type of thing, it's time for us to get really serious, to really, if you look out in the world. If you turn on a TV, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm not going to dwell on that. You know what I'm talking about. But it's time to get really serious about our faith. If this book is true, which it is, then why are we not getting as serious as we can? That's what this is going to be about. This We are going to get busy living with this living word. Coach? Let's pray. Father, we're grateful how you've blessed this body. But Father, as we enter into this series of lessons, I pray that we all are diligent about wanting to grow, grow closer to you, to grow in your grace, and grow in the knowledge of your word. Father, we pray that we strive to have a closer relationship with Jesus. And Father, be with us as we go into this study that all effort is made, Father, by those teaching, by those listening and studying that we grow closer to you, grow closer to one another. And Father, we have a spiritual growth here that causes us to be more evangelistic. Father, lead us, and we do all this to your glory, as you told us in 2 Peter chapter 3, that to grow in grace and knowledge is to your glory. Father, we pray that we glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Freedom Fellowship audio podcast. We are located at 990 West Henry de Tonti Boulevard in Tontytown, Arkansas. You can check us out on the web at freedomfellowship.com. We hope you have a great week and that you live out the mission of the church, which is to love God, love others, and serve both.